Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, drive car of the year. Hello and welcome to Sports Day. Adam Papalier and Will Schofield with you. A huge weekend of sport ahead and we've got it all covered tonight. The Net Whisperer will give us all the latest on the Aussie side ahead of their World Cup opener. We'll chat to the next glory star defender, a Frio champion ahead of her 50th match and potentially being coached by her wife and an Eagles midfielder to debut. One double three eight eighty two is the number. The first 12 callers go into our Cox Plate sweep and a chance to win a carton of Spinifex beer. But first... Vegemite, Tim Tams, meat pies, koalas, kangaroos, shark alerts in the southwest, Ugg boots, Holden Utes, footy, Hugh Jackman, Crocodile Dundee, all things Australian. And for a long time, I thought Mr Cricket was on that list. Mike Hussey will join us shortly. But he's taken up a coaching position with the English cricket team. We want a straw poll from you on one double three eight eighty two. Is it right that an Aussie is part of the English coaching setup? Is Mr. Cricket still Australian? Or is it very much un Australian? What say you, Will Schofield? Nah, uh, spotty not right, perhaps. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Got a bit emotional about that. <laughs> it's going in a way, bad, bad way. He used to be one of the greats of Australian cricket. Now what's he done? He's going to coach the English cricket team. It's just killing me. It just doesn't feel right, does it? It's going to be good to chat to him. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to see what he's actually doing over there in the yeah. English camp. What's well, they're what, here. They're what? ready for to take on I Afghanistan mean, tomorrow. Over there, as in in as with in the poms, mate. Distanced over from there us. with them. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing over there, but we're going to get to the bottom of it. It's going to be a great chat. We're going to get to the um, you know, see what he's doing. But I'd like to hear from people. Is it un-Australian for Michael Hussey and others? to be coaching or working with the enemy. Against Australia. And if you've got any names that you can throw up of people that have actually gone and done that and, and coached against Australia or even coached against uh, a team that they were with before, one double three eight eighty two is the phone number. Uh, you can send us an SMS as well on 0487999882. Adam Papalia and Will Schofield with you through until 8 o'clock. As I said, we've got plenty more coming up on the program and... Our first 12 callers in this first hour that uh, go to air and uh, join in the fun, uh, they go into the running for a carton of Spinifex beer. Yes. So well, are we gonna, we're going to do a, a... A Cox Plate sweep. 
Okay. Is what we're going to do. So first 12 callers go into the draw. We've spared we're, no expense. We're going to do this officially. Putting together the 6PR hat uh, that you can actually draw that out of, Scoey. So it's all going to be official and above board. Ripped up pieces of paper and numbers are officially in there. 1 to 12. So uh, you can join in. Let's uh, get to the phones. Uh, Sam is in Churchlands on uh, line three. Sam, uh, what say you, Mike Hussey? Is it un-Australian that he's coaching England? Uh, yes, the very first case that must be put before the federal government's ICAC will be to look into the Michael Hussey controversy um, of <laughs> cat for disgrace. <laughs> Not holding back there, Sam. I think I think I could probably cop a lot of other people going to coach England, but Mr Cricket, he's just he personifies Australian. Just doesn't feel right. No, I'm struggling with it. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to cope. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, Sam, I'm in the same way, mate. I, uh, we're going to have to really wind him up here, perhaps, I think. Very good. So that's one for un-Australian yeah, to is, Sam. That is one. <laughs> uh, does Sam get a horse in the race? Uh, he certainly does. Okay. Uh, who have you pulled out? I've got number... What? Oh, number three. Number three. I, thought was, I thought it was an M, <laughs> and then I thought it was a W, but it's a three. Uh, you've got alligator b- blood, Sam. Uh, Gay Waterhouse horse. Water. $15. So $15 chance. Good luck with that one, Sam. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go down to Mandra. Shane, uh, your thoughts, Mike Hussey, is it right or not? Uh, look, Mike Hussey was an Australian great, and if he can earn a quid in his retirement as a coach, then good on him. Good luck to him. I mean, uh, Eddie Jones coached Australia, I think, to a World Cup, and then he went over to England and coached English Rugby Union to a World Cup. Yes, very, very good uh, nomination there for another coach that has uh, gone and coached against Australia. So uh, we've got one each way, one for and one against. Uh, Mike Hussey being uh, an Australian. I can't even believe I'm saying that sentence. Which horse did he get? And Shane, in the cup, you will have gold trip. Jamie Spencer riding that one at $15. Another little bad little chance. $15 chance. Uh, good stuff, Shane. Let's go to Balladura. Ashley, Mike Hussey. Is it right that he's coaching for England? Well, well, yes. I, I can see, as the other guy said, why not earn that crust in retirement? But there is one worse than that, I think. Hark back to 2001 when Rod Marsh took over the English Cricket Board Academy. He was so helping the juniors. The young fellas. Yes. And Rod Marsh, he was a real Aussie stalwart. Certainly was uh, another one of those that you'd think was just dinky die Aussie uh, Rod Marsh, but yeah, I do remember that, and he helped bring that next generation of English cricketers through that then uh, obviously came back and beat Australia too. I'm I'm happy to say like, it, it is a bit stiff to be limiting people's job choices <laughs> to one country in an Ooh, international game. Very firmly tongue in cheek, but we'll continue <laughs> on with it. Uh, who does uh, Ashley get as uh, a horse? The number 11. I'm going to say this is my favourite horse in the race. It may or may not be paying $81 to win, but <laughs> Profondo, ridden by Chad Schofield. My no relation. No relation. <laughs> Related to Jared Schofield, perhaps. Hopefully. Uh, instead, uh, Mouse is on the line. Uh, g'day, Mouse. What do you think about Mr Cricket, Mike Hussey? Listen, you got to get to where who pays you the money. If the Australian cricket team don't want to have him because he's not from West Australia, uh, not from New South Wales, sorry, uh, he's got to go. And Trevor Bayless, not that long ago, was the head coach of England, and so was uh, David Saker. So they weren't that far along before they were all Australians there anyway. 
No, now, Matthew Mott as well. Now, listen, uh, the Wacker. Uh, I heard you talking last night, Will, about shield cricket, right? The Wacker being $36 million in over budget in development, as I understand. What the, what the, um, the, you know, the state government to pay it up, but I'd rather see the money go to the nurses, the police and people who actually deserve it. Now, the Sheffield Shield Cricket, I was watching last night. The girls cricket has, like the AFLW, improved out of sight. But they're not going to get more than five or 10000 to pay off the bills there. So what I reckon is actually the story is the Shield Cricket, they should actually encourage people to go by letting them know the games are on. I see the lights on of the wacker from my door, and I can't even know who's actually playing. They don't advertise it. They need to... The Wacker, in my opinion, needs to be proactive in marketing. Let everyone know whichever game is on, so people can actually go. Yeah, and I think I think, this I, I think spot on, Mousy. No, I think spot on. You've done. You've, you've hit the nail on the head. Perhaps you weren't here last night, but I was just banging on about the fact that yeah. no, no one goes to the Sheffield Shield. No, and why would you? But I think Mouse is right. Get it. Get a bit more you know, popularity going and people knowing about it. Mouse, just so you know, mate, you've drawn Young Werther. Uh, a sixty-one dollar chance, Mousy. So you, 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 I will say you're within a chance, just not much. Trained of by Danny O'Brien. One double three eight eighty two. If you want to join in, you can talk anything in the world of sport. Adam Papalier will Schofield with you on Sports Day. Adam is in Stratton. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Hello, Will. Hello, Adam. Not too bad. I enjoyed the girls playing last night. I set up to whack them, and uh, very good they come through. I, I think Mike Hussey done a good job, boys, to go to England where he gets a better pay. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so, you, so he's not an Australian. He's just earning a quid, Adam. <laughs> earning a quid, yeah. yeah. I think he's done a good job. <laughs> well, good good, job. good stuff, money, yeah. Adam. Thanks for your call, Adam in Stratton. There, who does he get? Number seven, laws of indices. Laws of indices. Uh, very nice. Thirty-four dollar chance there. We'll come back on Sports Day in just a moment. Mike Hussey, is it un-Australian that he is coaching England? Put yourself in the draw. We've still got a, ho- a few horses left in our Cox. Plate sweep, one double three eight eighty two. Uh, of course, uh, the T20 World Cup is on right now. You can watch it on KO. KO, watch the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. And uh, Zimbabwe right now are 2 for 32 uh, up against Scotland with the target being 133. We'll keep you up to date with that one. It's Sports Day. You're with Paps and Scoey. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Great to have your company on Sports Day. Adam Papalia and Will Schofield with you through until 8 o'clock tonight. Plenty coming up on the show. Uh, in the T20 World Cup right now, uh, Zimbabwe and Scotland going at it. Zimbabwe are 2 for 40, the target 133. Uh, watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. The winner of this one goes to the Super 12, so a bit on the line. Certainly is. And uh, how about Ireland earlier today, knocking off the West Indies? Spanked them. Quite They, they played well. Played really well. Quite incredible. We're asking the question, is it un-Australian for an Aussie, particularly an Aussie cricket legend, to be coaching England uh, against Australia in this World Cup? Uh, John is in Kelmscott to put himself in the running for our Cox Plate sweep. John, what do you think? Look, thanks for having me on, mate, uh, Adam, and good to hear you on there, Scully. I hope there's a lot more of you on there as well. But look, I don't believe so, and I, I think it's more of a challenge. Mike Hussey, mate, he could do anything. He'll never be an un-Australian. But I'll tell you what is un-Australian. There's a bloke that won't back his coach in, by the Pat Cummins, right? 
And a bloke that cuts the hand off that feeds him, which is a linter, that is un-Australian. And I hope, I hope uh, you know, something becomes of that. That is un-Australian. When you don't back your coach in and then you cut off the hand that feeds you, that's un-Australian. Thank you, gentlemen. Strong words, John. Good call. Really good, John. Appreciate the credit off the top from you, mate. And I, you know what? I think pretty well said by John. I, I would say, uh, you know, we've been tongue in cheek with Michael Hussey, but I would say exactly what John said. It's more un-Australian to dethrone your head coach. And I would think most Australians would uh, agree with that too. Uh, which horse does John get? I'm no, 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 no. That's not wrong. I'm thunderstruck. There's <laughs> <laughs> a thirteen dollar chance that one in the Cox Plate. There's another number two uh, horse in the Cox Plate that has a musical reference to it. So I wonder and see if you sing you, that one. You'll leave me for the rest of the show. Oh, oh I see it. Okay, <laughs> I see, it. <laughs> see if you uh, sing that one a little bit later on. Uh, Don is in Spearwood. Don is it un-Australian for Huss to be coaching England? I tell you what. Before I get on to Zach Langdon, the listing, Pat and Scoey. The previous caller and also Mouse that did uh, me play for me, that took the words out of my mouth. Listen, <laughs> 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 it's exactly I reckon why Huss is doing it because his best mate got shafted by this clown uh, Cummings. And why would you? Why would you go even attempt to go and help these mongrels what they did to Langa? Now, before I let you go, boy, boys, Scotty, I was listening to you last night. I know you weren't happy about what the Eagles did to Zach Langdon. But, look, the con- contract now is not worth its paper written on. Okay, I don't agree, but I also don't agree that players should be able to leave while they've still got a uh, few years left on their contract. And we see it time and time again. So, obviously, Eagles seen it. Is not good enough, and let's get some young kids in and to take his spot. But for Lisa from Melbourne to have a crack at me, I've seen a few, quite a few waffle games. And mate, All right, Donnie. No All right. As simple as that. Thank you, mate. Uh, I, I did mention in Perth Life Sport yesterday too, I knew once Zach Langdon had been delisted that uh, you would be happy with that decision. I agree with Scoey, though, that if you've got a contract, it should be on it. Yeah, well, I, that, that's all I was saying. I, I think we spoke to Tony yesterday as well. But, like, yeah, that's all I was saying was I was blowing up about Horn Francis yep. doing what he wanted. So I can't then say, oh, West Coast, do what you want. So I, I thought West Coast might have honoured the contract, but they don't. Footy's a brutal industry, I will say that, and so people move on very quickly. Don, you've got number nine, Maximal, paying 41 bucks. Good luck, mate. 41 back bucks for Maximal. Uh, you know when they do, like, your dream dinner guest scenario that you put together? Don from Spearwood. Three people were mentioned in there, Mouse, oh. Don from Spearwood, yes. and Meatloaf. <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be good. That would be a dinner party. I would love to go to. <laughs> Grant is from, we have some spin effects as well. Grant from uh, Mount Helena. Grant, what did you want to say? G'day, Adam and Will. How are you going? Good, mate. Good, mate. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with, with Hussey going away because, like, there's very limited spots in the world, let alone Australia, with being able to coach. So in Australia, they only have X amount of coaches. So as a professional sports person, where do you go? You know, you've got to use your skill to um, coach someone. Yeah, it's well, it's well said, Grant. I, yeah, I, I think so. But if I'm going to get some, uh, if I'm going to even this table up, I'm going to just get on and say it is un-Australian. Of course, it's un-Australian. 
Think of all the good things he did in the baggy green. How can he just throw that out the window and go and work for the enemy? I mean, what if England knocks off Australia in the World Cup grand final? And it's and it's because of Mike Hussey. Then does it become un Australian? Well, the English did very well in the the warm up series against the Aussies. At the moment, it's going at uh, six to two in favour of uh, Mike Hussey. Uh, maybe it's just because everyone likes Huss. If it was someone else that went and coached, then maybe it wouldn't be um, so good. Grant, uh, who did Grant get? You've drawn. Uh, apologies, not the biggest racing head. Um, Zaki, Zaki, um, paying three ninety. So one of the favourites. Yeah, you, you and me both. Uh, Scully. I was waiting for you to correct my pronunciation, and I <laughs> no, didn't hear it, so I know I'll, you didn't know I'll either. Correct, correct your pronunciation, not your pronunciation, but I don't know how to say the other one. Move on. Uh, Muzzer in Beckett of I, Muzzer. Yeah, g'day, boys. Heard some great calls. John, that was a great call. And yep. Donnie, my m- m- mate from Medallia Steel, didn't get to hurt the truck tonight, Donnie. But anyway, love what Donnie said as well. He's a character. <laughs> like, you know, those three guys you mentioned, oh, I could manage those three guys, mate. That'd be a laugh, wouldn't it, eh? Thank you much. Great, man. Doing some great shows, boys. <laughs> Correct, Mother. You're invited to the dinner party too, Mother. You can come, Mother, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we've got all... and, and Boris, but now you've got Paps and, and Scully. So yes. I've got to work it out, boys. But anyway, um, as far as Hussey goes, um, you, you might think it's an Australian, mate, but if you've got skills and you want to aspire to get to the top level, which I think Huss is doing, and, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's – I probably think he's an Australian, but he's got to get his um, skills – Better by going also like do it in AFL, coaches go around and come back to their own club and they might play for somewhere, AFL or Waffle, they come back to their own club and coach them like, like Wusher did. But um, Hussey, I think one day, you've heard it first here on Six Bar, he will coach Australia sometime down the track. So if he can go and get his skills better somewhere else and improve himself and his skills and whatever else, then come back and coach Australia, that'd be a great thing for Australian cricket. Thank you, Tom Brown. I mean, Muzza, very good. Breaking news, mate. Uh, always first on, on it, Muzza. You've taken number four in the Cox Plate. Mr. Brightside, perhaps. Is that what you're looking for? Uh, Yes, that is what I was looking for. Craig Williams will be on that one. So he spoke to Craig earlier in the week here on Sports Day. He was uh, was pretty happy with Mr. Brightside. So I think um, that's a good draw there, Muzz. Good luck. Very eagle-eyed there from Mr. Brightside. Uh, (laughs) I don't don't know. No, it's good. Terrible. I'll pay it. Terrible. Uh, Max is in Swanview. Hi, Max. G'day, boys. It's all been said just about, but I reckon one of the best things about it all is He's going over there to coach the Poms, and I hope he coaches the Poms against New South Wales in a state game. <laughs> well, pretty much because the Aussie uh, team's all made up of New South Welshmen. Well, yeah, the, the, the New South Wales are just a bloody dominators. What they did to poor old, uh, what's his name, Mount? Justin Langer. Justin Langer was a bloody disgrace. And while you come from WA, you've got no hope of anything over there anymore. Very good. Good call, Max. Yeah, good call. The right. New South Wales click running the uh, Australian yes. team there. He's taken number 12, L Bodigon. <laughs> L Bodigon. Damien Oliver's on it. That's got to win. $7.50. Say it with purpose. Scully, L Bodigon. And I will believe you. L Bodigon. Uh, 1-3-8-82. Someone will be listening going, you absolutely <laughs> butchered it. You butchered it. Ross is in Wanneroo. Ross, un-Australian or Australian for uh, Mike Hussey? Mate, I think the bloke that said it earlier was spot on. Like, if he's that good, why didn't the Australian cricket side, the uh, the Vicks and the bloody, they run the footy, and uh, New South Wales run the uh, cricket. So good on him to go out and earn a few bucks. That's my Very good. opinion. Anyway. Very good. Well done, Ross. Appreciate it. You're on number five, Roscoe. Yeah. Moonga. That's the way. Nash Rawlier.
Um, so Nash, same name as my son. Nash Rawilla. Yeah, thank you. 31. I thought you said if I said it with, um, I thought you said <laughs> yeah, if I just said if, it with confidence. Say it correctly. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't, don't, you can't have a foot in both camps, Papalea. <laughs> that's what, that's just one name I do know. Uh, one double three eight eighty two. Uh, that one, uh, did that go to David? Yes. That was to, ah, uh, no. No, that was to Ross. That was to Ross. So the favourite is still there. Uh, there's only one horse to draw. And there's only one horse to draw, so David. So who knows who you're going to get here, David? <laughs> you, you've got a very good chance here, David, on one double three eight eighty two. First things first, is it right that Mike Hussey is coaching England? Well, howdy, Paps. Let's go. You're doing a good job uh, setting up a nice little controversy. Um, <laughs> well, I think it really matters. The Poms need all the help they can get, mate. And I think the... Uh, the best thing about it is that the Richies or some other similar group could make up a really good song to serve up to the Barmy Army and say, you guys are no good unless you've got us to coach you. And, uh, you know, get get a bit of competition going with the Barmy Army who seem to, uh, to win on the uh, pointed little songs and ditties that they come out with. But... Uh, I think good luck to Huss, but as as guys have said, he'll come back better for the experience and he'll be a better Australian coach. Fantastic call, David. Very well said. And uh, as we had predicted, um, or, or said just a few moments ago, uh, quite remarkably, and this has all been done legitimately, yes. the very last horse to be drawn out of the hat must be... Animo. Animo, which is the $2.40 favourite, trained by James Cummings and part of the Godolphin stable. It is uh, the red-hot favourite uh, tomorrow, David. So you must be feeling pretty good about that. I mean, that's great. you beauty. I hope he wins like <laughs> normally. <laughs> You'll be watching on with interest tomorrow, David. Good work. Uh, thanks to everyone that uh, called in, got part of our Cox Plate sweep. You can still give us a buzz, though, and talk anything in the world of sport on one double three eight eighty two. If you've got thoughts on Mike Hussey, uh, because we're going to ask the man himself. He's not far away. Mr. Cricket, Mike Hussey, now a coaching consultant for the England side. And he'll be here at Optus Stadium tomorrow uh, coaching for England when they take on Afghanistan. You can check all that out on KO Sports. But you are listening to Sports Day. Mr. Cricket, not too far away. It is Sports Day thanks to Bluebet. Bluebet's bet slip integration is now available on the new and improved Same Racer app. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Great to have your company on Sports Day. Adam Papalier, Will Schofield with you. I uh, had a heap of calls already. I think the consensus so far is that uh, it's fine for Mike Hussey to just go and yeah, earn a quid absolutely. somewhere else, even though it just doesn't doesn't quite feel right, but you can't begrudge him from going to do it. You kind of want it to be un-Australian, yeah, but it's really <laughs> it's nice. It's not. like because he's such a great Australian, you're like, <laughs> ah, do you know what? Go for it. You just yep. you help the Poms <laughs> maybe not win it, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. If David Warner went and coached England, would people be so forgiving? What do you say? Well, he's not as publicly loved. You're saying he's not as Australian as David? Uh, no, Michael I'm just Hussey. saying he's not as loved as Mr. Uh, Cricket. I think people would be ringing up with not, not Australian. <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> I think so too. Uh, but uh, Mr. Cricket can pretty much get away with anything. Uh, we did get an SMS through on 0487 882. Uh, this one from Paul, he says, as a POM, I don't want him anywhere near the team. The POMs don't want him. The POMs don't want him. Or one of the POMs. Right. Doesn't want him. Why not? I mean, he's one of the most successful well, cricketers in Australia. Same reason, same reason we won't, don't want an Aussie going there or we wouldn't want an Englishman. 
I, coaching here? I, I'd want one of the best English, I, mean, I can't even think of many English good cricketers, but I'm sure there are some. <laughs> but I, I, I'd want an English, a good English cricketer around the team, wouldn't you? We are being a bit hypocritical because Dan Vittori, former um, New Zealand cricket captain, yes. he's been part of the Australian coaching setup. Great, so. and he's a gun. And we'll have him. England's coached by a, a New Zealander as well. Don't in, worry, don't worry. Australians are very, very good at just taking people away <laughs> from other countries. We just don't want to give anyone else any advantage. Jumping where we want to. A uh, bit of footy news around today. Uh, looks like Chris Fagan's going to be going back to the Brisbane Lions pretty soon to uh, uh, take up his role again while we wait for the Hawthorne investigation to... What? Yeah, well, it's, it sounds like that's going to be wrapped up maybe quicker than people uh, first saw when the news did break. Um, December has been uh, floated around. Alistair Clarkson's been overseas while um, this has been going on, which is you know maybe a positive from him personally. But, you know, it does sound like they're trying to, uh, for use of better words, wrap things up. They're trying to come to a, a solution rather than letting this fester on and move along uh, in the background. So we'll see what happens, but I think it'll be good if we can... Um, deal with it no. and, and make some actions. Either way, before Christmas. Uh, Nakai Cockatoo delisted today by the Brisbane Lions, but looks like they're going to rookie him again. Yeah, I mean, he was a good player with Geelong. He yep. goes to Brisbane. Um, he's had a he, lot of injuries. Yeah, and he has played at the level, and he's, and he's shown that he can be a good player at that level. So um, that's good they're going to re-rookie him. It's an interesting situation there where clubs re-rookie uh, players and you know, delisting them, make the list moves. It's a difficult thing to do. You know, be, be delisted and then re-rookied. Um, you know, you don't see too many guys fight their way back onto the senior list, but hopefully he's one of them. Well, uh, Gold Coast, of course, copped it. Was it last year or the year before with Hugh Greenwood where they went to go through that scenario? That's right. They listed him and then all of a sudden he bobbed up at the Kangaroos. Gee, they've, they've, had, they've had some bad things happen at that footy club around trading and drafts and <laughs> Which player one are you management. Which talking about? North some. Melbourne or Gold Coast? Well, both. <laughs> you can pretty much, uh, yeah, lump them together. Uh, it's going to be a pretty... Uh, big uh, 12 months for both of those teams coming are we, up. Are we ready to speak to the Australian of the Year yet? I think we are. Coming up next, uh, is he Australian or is he un-Australian for coaching England? Mr Cricket joins us next. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Adam Papalia with you and Will Schofield. Uh, we head now to uh, a legendary Australian cricketer who is actually doing a bit of work for the old enemy in England right now, being part of England's camp and uh, a coaching consultant with the English cricket side. We've been uh, having a bit of a chat on the show about it tonight, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but Mike Hussey joins us right now. Huss, does it feel a little bit weird to chuck the England polo on, and how are you finding it? Yeah, yeah. good evening, gentlemen. Um, I'm glad I probably wasn't listening earlier because I'm sure there was a bit of of sledging going my way. But uh, I must admit, it, it did feel a little bit weird first first day, you know, put, pulling on that England shirt. I was like, I never thought in my wildest uh, dreams or li- lifetime that I'd be pulling on an England, England shirt. But, but since then, you just, just get on with it and just get on, get, get to work, really. And it's been really nice. They're a great bunch of guys. They work hard. They, they yeah, they're, they're a really, like, I guess, quite a humble sort of group, really. They, they, they just, you know, um, they really respect the game and, and they're a great, great bunch of guys. It's all a bit tug-in-cheek. But have you actually been copping a few text messages from your old mates giving you a bit of a sledge? Not not as many as I was expecting, uh, to, be, to be honest, but uh, a few little sly comments here or there and um, and even from the Aussie boys. But, you know, it, it's happening more and more these days. We see a lot of uh, Aussie coaches going overseas and uh, we, we coach at the IPL in India as well and, um, and, and then obviously getting some overseas coaches into the Australian setup as well. So, you know, there is a lot of coach movement. It, it, it's great experience for me as well as a coach to help me 
uh, improve as well, get into a different environment, see how another country goes about it. And, um, yeah, I'm certainly thoroughly enjoying it. Huss, do you think that the culture of cricket is changing, even you know since you retired, um, because of those extra tournaments, the, the the world game is bigger than ever, and so you do see guys coaching different countries and um, you know more players interacting with each other than ever before. Oh, without doubt, and I think the IPL um, has a lot to answer for in that respect. I, I know, being an Australian. Um, we seem to have this aura around the world. And, and then, you know, once you start going into their environment and they sort of realise that, you know, we're not bad, ugly ogres, you know, uh, <laughs> you know guys like Matthew Hayden's actually a good good bloke, you know, rather than, you know, when you play against some of these guys, you sort of think they're, they're pretty harsh and nasty guys. But once they get to know um, uh, you and, and, and the cultural sort of uh, uh, background sort of uh, break down a little bit, then, um, yeah, yeah, you definitely sort of assimilate into, into a lot of different cultures a lot easier now. So it's, it, it's good. I think it's good for the game. And then that's players' impression of you. What about you back the other way with the players? You mentioned on the, off the top that they're a hardworking group. Um, has it has it been any surprises, or has it just been um, as expected? You know, you know, an elite of, a, of professional athletes. I think um, I think what surprised me is just just the lack of ego in the team. Really, you know, sometimes you know, there's a bit of bravado and a bit of you know, uh, I'm a senior player and you're one of the young punks. You know, uh, but but it's it's not doesn't feel like that in this England camp. They're, they're very even, they're very measured, they're very calm group as well. And I think that's going to hold them in good stead throughout the tournament because there is a lot of pressure and a lot of stress involved in a World Cup. And, and I think the teams that can not sort of ride the highs and the lows too much and can just remain quite level throughout the tournament will will have a good chance of, of hopefully going through. There's so much talent there as well. They, they really um, they have got a lot of talent and a lot of depth in talent as well. So they cover a lot of base as well. Yeah, they do. Um, anyone that you think we should really be looking to to, to be having a, a big tournament for England? Because, I mean, English cricket uh, always been so strong, but particularly in the T20 format, given it, it, it kind of started in England, didn't it, uh, way back when, um, they've always uh, been pretty good at this form. Yeah, well, I guess the, there's the obvious big names, um, you know, like your, your Josh Butler and, um, you know, Ben Stokes and, and these sort of guys uh, that you, you'd expect to have a pretty good tournament. But there's there's a lot of unsung sort of heroes through there. I, I sort of looked at their bowling attack and I thought, oh, you know, there, there's no sort of big names there, but they're all actually really smart bowlers and they, 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 they sort of defend really well at the right times. They know when to attack. They're, they're quite an experienced group and they've played a fair bit of cricket together now and they complement each other really well. Have lost Reese Topley, who, you know, again, it's not a big name in world cricket, but he's a really important bowler for England. So that, that's a bit of a blow. But um, as I said, they, they sort of cover it quite well with um, with quite a lot of depth. So I think someone like Moeen Ali is, is someone that's really impressed me. He's not dominated in Australian conditions before, but his game is in a really good place at the moment. And um, coming in lower in the order, I think he can play a few nice, nice cameos. We're chatting with uh, Aussie cricket legend Mike Hussey, who's part of the English coaching setup for the T20 World Cup. And Huss, of course, you are back in Perth, England, taking on Afghanistan uh, tomorrow night at Perth Stadium. Um, what sort of a, an introduction, I guess, to the World Cup is that taking on Afghanistan, who, of course, one of the, the minnow teams up against one of the powerhouses. But how, how does a, a team actually approach that and, 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 and make sure that you are turning up to play? Oh, well, maybe from the outside, people sort of think they're the minnows, but not not anymore. You know, like, they, they, they are a very, very good team. And, um, you know, they've got two of the best uh, T20 bowlers in the world uh, in Majib and Rashid Khan, who have played uh, in Australia a fair bit as well. Um, they've got Nabi, who's got a lot of the experience. So, you know, they're, they're no easy beats. And, um, you know, they've earned their right to be in the main group. They haven't had to come through the qualifiers to get into the uh, into the T20 World Cup. 
Um, so, oh, well, I know from, from being in the inner sanctum, England are definitely not taking uh, this game lightly. Um, I think they've got a very healthy respect for Afghanistan, and, and rightly so. I think Afghanistan will win a few games um, without doubt throughout this, uh, this, this tournament. Um, whether they can win it or not, I, I'm not, not so sure, but um, they'll, certainly, um, they'll certainly give a few teams a, a real fright. Josh Butler's an incredibly important player for the England team. Averaged almost 90 runs last tournament. This time last year, um, made 269 runs. So incredibly important to the group. And now, you know, newly appointed captain. How have you seen uh, his leadership around the group? Oh, he's been fantastic. Uh, he's had a bit of a break coming back off an injury, and um, he's fresh. He's really obviously excited about the World Cup. There's, there's a real calmness to him. He speaks very quietly. Doesn't doesn't say a lot, but when he speaks, he's he's sort of um, everyone sort of tunes in. He, he's very respectful of the job that uh, Owen Morgan did with this England team over the last few years, and he wants to build on that. He, he said he always talks about you know there's been so much great work done, but now we've got to keep pushing forward and, and keep playing what's in front of us, and and that's sort of been his mantra really is is just playing what's in front of you. And um, yeah, he, he leads from the front. You know when when it comes to the batting as well, he, he's such a he's. Such a talented player, and, and he's in good touch as well. He's playing beautifully at the moment. Hey, Huss, just off the back of what we're speaking about earlier on in the show, what are you actually doing in the English team? I've seen a lot of um, titles being bandied around and a bit of uh, <laughs> greyness, but what are you there in the team doing? I'm throwing a heck of a lot of balls in the net. That's probably what, uh, <laughs> probably what I'm doing at the moment. But yeah, I don't know. There's not really a specific title, like a batting coach or batting consultant, whatever it may be, but... Um, yeah, just just basically be a resource there for the team. Um, obviously, know the conditions in Australia really well, so the guys are, t- are tapping into you know the Australian conditions knowledge and um, and then just yeah T twenty knowledge as well. So I, I, I'm not someone that sort of comes in and says too much. That all these guys are very experienced and they know their games inside and out. So I, I don't want to come in and <laughs> stuff things up. Really, I just want to try and work with them and and help them get into a good place sort of mentally and and technically with their game. Looking uh, a little bit wider, you mentioned before that this, you know, spending some time with English cricket is good for your development. Do you have aspirations to be uh, and take on a bigger coaching role in the future? Yeah, I think so. I, I do really enjoy the coaching side of things. Being a head coach compared to a an assistant coach or a specialist coach, I guess, is, is very, very different. Uh, and so I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying doing quite a long apprenticeship and trying to get around as many environments as I can, you know, being able to coach in India and coach with the South African team and, and, and now with England and, and Australia in the past. But just, just watching and observing the head coaches and how they go about it. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm noticing that it's a very different role. So um, I, I think you need to be ready. And, uh, and yes, I'm just slowly just working away and building up my, um, I guess, my knowledge and then um, hopefully, you know, at the right time, uh, and the right stage in my life, and I'll be ready to, to jump into a, a head coach role sometime. The England team, rightly so, comes in as one of the favourites to this tournament. But you know, who, who do you see as the real challenges uh, other than England to to the trophy this year? Well, Australia's got a great chance. You know, they, they won the tournament in the UAE. We're not too many probably expected them to. That the the team hasn't changed. If anything, maybe got a little bit stronger. Um, and obviously they know the home conditions so well. Uh, so, so you'd expect Australia to be right up there um, at the business end of the tournament. But um, it's such a hard one to pick. You know, there, there's so many... Um, the, the, the teams are so close. And I was even talking about it to a few of the guys, in, if, you know, thinking about back to the Australia versus uh, England game in Canberra. And, um, you know, it was literally a case of 
you know, Tim David dropped the catch that went to six, so that sort of saves you four runs. And then uh, Ben Stokes on the other side dives over the boundary line and flicks one back and saves another four runs. There's there's eight run turnaround, and, and England won the game by eight runs. So it's literally a tiny little play here or a tiny little play there that can be the difference. So it's too hard to pick a winner, but I, I think yeah, Australia's got to be right up there. Sunday the 13th of, the, of November, 7 o'clock, under lights at the MCG, Australia taking on England in a World Cup final. How would you be feeling? <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't ask me who, who I hope would win. Uh, because, <laughs> That's uh, the next that question. That would have been a harder question to answer. <laughs> no, uh, I'll be fine. Like, as a coach, there's not too much you can do. Once once the guys cross that line, you just go out there and hope hope they you know can execute their skills on the night. Um, yeah, so I, I generally don't get too nervous as a coach before games. I, I just sort of sit back and enjoy just the great talented players that are out there and. Uh, and I ne- again, I never thought I'd say this in my uh, in my lifetime, but I'm, I'll actually be hoping win- England get over the line. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh there you go. Oh, <laughs> we were going so well, Huss, too, till you said that, mate. Um, look, no, we we really appreciate it. Um, uh, we always uh, enjoy having a chat to you. You are a legend of Australian cricket, no matter what, and uh, you're doing a job for England right now. But it's going to be an exciting World Cup, and uh, we do wish you well too, Michael Hussey. Thank you so much for having a chat to us on Sports Day. No worries, boys. Have a good evening. Thanks for having me on. There you go, Mike Hussey, Australian cricket legend, Scoey, uh, who just said that he hopes England wins the T20 World I Cup. I can't believe it. I can't, I can't <laughs> believe what I've just heard. Oh, no. You, you said it perfectly, perhaps. Like usual, you just hit the nail on the head. We were going so well. It was such a positive piece. <laughs> yeah, we were the with English, him. <laughs> English people, they're, they're, there's no ego. They're great leaders. They're a great team. And then he's gone and done that. Uh, oh, no. We were with him up until then. Uh, <laughs> we hope England get done in the final by one run yes. against Australia. Uh, great to have a chat to Mr Cricket. Great for him to uh, obviously do it in good spirit as well. You are listening to Sports Day. Uh, of course, thanks to Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Well, thanks for your company on Sports Day. Adam Papalia, Will Schofield with you. Great to have a chat to uh, Mr. Cricket, Mike Hussey. Uh, coming up, second hour, plenty to come after the news. We'll check in uh, with a Fremantle docker playing uh, her 50th game tomorrow, back from injury, which is great to see. Barat Sandaration, the net whisperer, will give us the latest from the Aussie camp. He's over there in Sydney. And a bit of a prediction of what the weather is going to be like tomorrow. We'll hear from a young Perth glory star, Chatsam MMA, and a West Coast Eagles debutant as well is all coming your way on Sports Day, straight after the news. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, drive car of the year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Been a busy show so far. Adam Papalier and Will Schofield with you this evening through until 8 o'clock. And, uh, Scoey, uh, Fremantle's AFLW team are in action tomorrow. They're headed across to Sydney to take on the Swans. And uh, the big news is that they have a, uh, a huge inclusion for their game tomorrow. She's playing her 50th game. And uh, I speak, of course, of Ebony Antonio, who's had to wait a little bit to uh, actually reach the milestone, given She's been out with injury, but she's finally back, and she'll be out there. Ebony, thanks so much for your time. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. How excited are you to run out tomorrow? Oh, to be honest, I haven't really sunk in. It's been um, a lengthy process, um, rehabbing the knee, and, um, yeah, I've had a few hurdles to jump, but I'm just so glad to have, um, yeah, kicked some boxes and get myself out on the park tomorrow. So I think once 
Um, I hit the pillow tonight and wake up tomorrow, the nose will set in, but I'm really excited to be a part of the group again and put the jumper on. Are you feeling good? How have you been feeling at training, Ebony? Does it feel like you're learning to ride a bike again or is it all natural? <laughs> no, I think it's learning to ride a bike. Um, I'll, I'll, no doubt I'll be very rusty tomorrow, but got a good group of girls around me that will help me out and hopefully I warm up by the second half and produce some sort of a touch for the girls and hopefully we can get a win on the board. So when did you get injured? It was pre-season, wasn't it? Just before the start of the season and, and how frustrated were you knowing how short the AFLW season is that it was going to put most of your season in doubt? Well, to be honest, yeah, it was a pre-season match down at Safari Oval um, in the pouring rain against West Coast and uh, yeah, made contact with the point post which isn't ideal but um yeah at the time I when I got told if they thought it was my PCL I thought I was done and the season was done for me so in perspective I thought yeah my season was over and I kind of was thinking that was the way but then when I had the scans and um, had the news that I could potentially be back, be back it gave me motivation to really go aggressive my rehab and um yeah being able to get myself out on the park tomorrow. So I'm really excited um, that my season wasn't done and I've been able to yeah pull on the jump tomorrow. So that's something you and the club were both really pushing for. Obviously, it's getting to the last couple of rounds now, but um, you didn't think about just sort of putting it to the side given you weren't going to get back for too many games? Yeah, I think when it was about week four or five, um, when you go through rehab, it's a bit of a roller coaster mentally. And I thought to myself, maybe I'll just call it a season and really prep myself. But as the weeks got on, I was gaining more confidence. And uh, for me personally, and I sat down with the physio staff and said that I really want to get a game under the belt, considering if all boxes get ticked. And I think mentally for me, um, that's what I wanted to do. And to be able to hopefully finish with two games under my belt this season, I can go into pre-season next year having the confidence that my knee's 100% right um, and I've done the work. So, yeah, I'm really glad to yeah be back out there and um, tick, tick this box, which is huge for me. Talking about the mentality of things, Ebony, um, I mean, you've been used to a lot of success at the free IFLW side over the years, and, and this year hasn't been a successful one for the group. But how is the mentality of the girls? Um, how do you get yourself motivated? You would have had a pretty unique look at it from rehab, but now with the group again? Yeah, look, it's been a different season. Uh, it's been a year um, with two seasons in it. So when you look at it that in that perspective, um, yeah, it's, it's been a different one. But the group um, within the four walls, um, we're very much engaged and motivated for every game. We're willing to learn. We've got a young a crop of new girls that came in, about 10 players turnover. So their understanding, they're only given four weeks after getting drafted to have the understanding game plan. So I think as each week's gone on, um, the group has been able to gel a lot more and, it's a pity that the ASLW season isn't longer, so um, if this was a men's season, you could probably turn your season around and hopefully push to play finals, but it is what it is, and um, yeah, we'll take a lot of the girls, younger girls, to take benefits from getting games this year and hopefully put us in better steps for next season. You're playing Sydney this week. They're the side that sits below you on the ladder. Is there any sort of extra attention paid to that fact that it is a side around the same area, the same sort of wins that... Um, a win, you know, that is some sort of motivation for you to, to take the four points against them? Yeah, I've watched Sydney the last couple of rounds and they're similar um, in terms of new group, um, new players, a lot of players that haven't played the game before at this level and um, the, as the season's gone on for them, they've been able to gel a lot more. So um, by all means, we respect them and I think it's going to be a tight physical contest out there. Um, I think the conditions are going to be raining so it could be a bit of a slog fest out there, but 
um, yeah, I'm just hoping for a good game and the girls can get on top. You'd think the Swans would be a little bit grumpy this week too after they had that goal disallowed or given as a point when it looked like it was clearly a goal on the replay. Yeah, I, I saw that only yesterday and, uh, yeah, mistakes happen in, in the SLW world and unfortunately, yeah, I can't imagine their group would be too um, happy with that decision, but at the end of the day, it probably gives them motivation to come out this week and really give it to us. Yeah, I think they'll be a little bit frustrated now. Um, unfortunately, uh, your wife Cara has been uh, injured for the season as well. Are you going to line up in the forward line tomorrow? Because that's the line she's coaching, isn't it? Oh, uh, I know there's been a few discussions that she's been fired me <laughs> to play there, but um, I'm actually not too sure. I've really got team meetings tonight, and I'll find out where I'm going to be lining up Um so, yeah, we'll see if Cara's got a wish to have me forward. <laughs> what, how would you go copping a spray from Cara if you weren't doing the right thing in the game? I uh, cop enough sprays at home, so I think I'll be <laughs> ready for it. I was going to ask that because there was a little bit of footage on Fox Footy that Paps and I were calling and flashed to Cara and she was absolutely giving it to the girls. And I said fair enough because the forward line wasn't playing that well, to be honest. So I thought you might have a bit of insight from that, maybe not on the footy field. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I've definitely, I definitely cop it at home. I think there's been <laughs> scenarios on the game, um, on the field as well when we've been able to play along with each other. We've had a little arguments as well. Um, so yeah, she's probably the biggest uh, critic on me, and I'm probably the same on same with her. But I think it shows the footage of her last week, um, just the passion that she's got with her coaching group and what she expects of her players. Um, so yeah, it was. <laughs> she got a lot of messages after the game about that spray she did on Fox Footy. Well, it was it was good. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Right Right on the mark. So you can't criticise about that. I thought it was great insight. Um, you're getting some players back this weekend. You uh, had to delve into the, the waffle to get a top-up player to even have 21 healthy players last week. Is there some more troops coming back? Yeah, we got um, young Tuck, Tuck's plan. Um, so this is her first game back. She unfortunately had a bit of a shoulder um, surgery during the pre-season after last season. Um, and she rehabbed that and then unfortunately fell sick um, with glandular fever. So She's managed to yeah rehab herself really well and get her shoulder right and then done all the right things to put herself in a position where she gets to play this weekend. So I'm really excited um, to see Tucks run out this weekend. Yeah, two pretty important inclusions for Fremantle, Michaela Tukarena and Ebony Antonio. Both back. Ebony, it's been great to chat to you. Uh, hopefully it's not too wet over there in Sydney and uh, you can go well and get the four points on your return. And congratulations on the 50 games. No worries, guys. Thanks so much. Ebony Antonio there from the Fremantle AFLW side. And, Scoey, they've certainly missed her this season, just her aerial presence and athleticism. Yeah, but the biggest point she made, which is absolutely spot on, they've actually played two seasons this year. I mean, the yeah. girls have had not a lot of break between two actual seasons. Yes, they don't play as long as the men's, but it still is what it is. So um, I think they'll probably be happy for this one to be over. How would you go if your wife was coaching you or vice versa? Uh, well, a few things. I wouldn't I wouldn't have played for as long as I did. Probably wouldn't be sitting here right now talking. And um don't know. May, yeah, may or may not be still in a relationship. Yeah, true. I'll, we'll leave it at that before I get you in too much more trouble. Uh, you're listening to Sports Day. Adam Papalier, Will Schofield with you. Of course, uh, don't forget, you can get behind the Perth Wildcats this season as well. Head to tickertech.com.au you right now. You're listening to Sports Day. We'll talk some more cricket with one of the best in the business, Barat Sundaration. Joins us next. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Adam Papalia, Will Schofield with you as we crack into a sports update. Thanks to KO. You can watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports and there are so many matches going on 
There's been so much action uh, and some great headlines and some great storylines through it too. Uh, and when we talk cricket here on this program, we have a chat to the man who uh, is the net whisperer. He's the man that knows everything about world cricket. Barat Sundaration uh, joined us now. Barat, great to chat to you again. Uh, and, of course, you must just be in heaven right now with the World Cup going on. Uh, yeah, you can say that, even though it means that uh, I have a lot of sleepless nights. Uh, <laughs> not because I'm nervous and waiting to see what's happening the next day, but because I have a lot of writing to do in addition to everything else. <laughs> But uh, no, it's it's been fun. Um, personally, I grew up as a great West Indian fan, so a heartbreak that uh, you know they couldn't even get out of round one. And honestly, they they didn't even deserve to do so. Uh, they played some poor cricket from the start. And in fact, I, I'm just I'm just uh, happy that they were knocked out, uh, and so that uh, you know a team like Ireland can go through and actually pose a challenge to some of these other teams in uh, the Super 12. Yeah, it is quite incredible. I mean, the, the might of what the West Indies used to be and, and, and have been in shorter form cricket, but for them to have to try to qualify for the tournament proper and then to be knocked out in the way they have, to lose to Ireland, it used to be like a massive upset when Ireland was able to actually play well, but they've put together some good cricket, as have a few of the other smaller nations. Oh, very much so. And I think that's been the beauty of this uh, this first week of the World Cup. Um, we've seen, uh, uh, you know, a lot of these teams put their hand up and say, you know what, if we get to play consistently at this level, uh, and because of COVID, us having two World Cups in the space of 10 or 11 months, like we are now, uh, you can already see the improvement. You know, uh, Namibia and Scotland qualified for the second round last year, and a lot of people consider it to be a fluke, but, you know, Namibia are unfortunate to not qualify this time. They beat Sri Lanka. Uh, handsomely as well. Uh, it's just that they couldn't get over the line. And the reason they couldn't get over the line is because the UAE seemed better than they have in recent years. Uh, you know, the, the performance they produced to stop Namibia from qualifying. And now, the, now then you have Netherlands qualifying from that group. And in, and in this group, the ones that I was covering in Hobart, uh, you know, Scotland started so strong. And, and you're right. I mean, it doesn't feel like an upset when they win anymore. I, mean, I don't think uh, the, the era where we would be surprised by these results uh, or I think that era is gone. So they're just improving rapidly. They play a lot of T20 cricket uh, individually. They play, play in all these other leagues, maybe not in the big leagues, but in all these other leagues that keep sprouting up. So it's really good for cricket that uh, you know these teams are not just participating, but performing and you know proving a point. Brad, although I must say that some of these games over the last week have been pretty exciting, the real stuff does start tomorrow. Australia, New Zealand. England, Afghanistan, um, you must be excited to see uh, the, the Super 12s kick off tomorrow. Oh, very much so. Uh, you know, it's been a, a lovely, uh, it, it, it's kind of got you in the right mood, right? Yeah, uh, it's yeah. been a wonderful appetizer. Uh, the main course, uh, uh, as you call it, begins uh, tomorrow night here in Sydney. And first and foremost, the weather forecast seems to have improved. Uh, and it, it's, uh, it was supposed to rain all day long. Uh, and I'll let you in on a little conversation I had with Kane Williams. And as he was walking off, I was seeing him after quite a while. So I said, hello. And on, on the basis of nothing, I just told him, don't worry, the weather will clear up. And thankfully, so far, it has. So maybe he thinks I'm some sort of savant. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the most important thing. Because I think there's been a lot of fear about uh, the games this weekend being washed off. There's a massive India-Pakistan coming up as well at, at the MCG. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Australia and New Zealand is going to be a juicy affair. Uh, when you look at Australia, they look really strong on paper. Uh, they seem to have all bases covered. 
especially in these conditions. Uh, but then do not ignore, I mean, or you ignore New Zealand at your own peril. They're a very experienced, seasoned T20 side. Um, and with, a two, uh, with uh, two or three really exciting uh, additions from last year. Right? Finn Allen is a gun at the top of the order. It takes a lot to, you know, push Martin Gaptil out of the side. Uh, and, you know, they're fast bowlers. You know, if there's any swing in the air, Trent Bolt and Tim Saudi uh, are a threat. And then you have Lockie Ferguson bowling really quick. So uh, there's a lot to fear about New Zealand if you're an Australian fan. Uh, and it just, like, sets up the return, the repeat of the World Cup final from last year is pretty much the best way to start off again this year. Cam Green comes into the squad replacing Josh Inglis after a bit of a unfortunate accident on the golf course, apparently. I will say apparently. But uh, what, how do you see his inclusion into the squad? A good move by the Aussies? Uh, I mean, you know, I said this a few weeks ago. Just the way everything was working out in Cam Green's life, especially in terms of T20 cricket, you almost couldn't see this World Cup happening without him coming in, right? It just felt like something would happen. And it's really unfortunate. Aaron Finch came to the press conference today and described the the Josh Inglis uh, injury. And it seemed very painful. Apparently, one of his uh, uh, golfing clubs, had, maybe there was a crack in it when they traveled. So it, I think it kind of just went through his hand or something. And apparently, Aaron Finch said there was blood everywhere. It was just a really freak injury. Uh, so our you know, thoughts with him. Hopefully, he recovers soon. Uh, yeah. But it means um, Cam Green, who I've said all along, um, hasn't... Uh, just knock has been knocking on the door. He's entered the dressing room and is on the couch. So he's there waiting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he's given. Uh, but Finch hinted that um, he might not start tomorrow. They have a pretty much a, uh, uh, they formed their playing 11, uh, as you would have seen in the last few games before this World Cup or the warm-up games anyway. Uh, but, yeah, what an inclusion, Cam Green. Just makes that Australian team look even stronger. We're chatting with Barat Sundaration, uh, expert cricket writer uh, and commentator. Barat, uh, right on the eve of the, the proper tournament, who, who for you is the favourite? Which team do you think is going to take it out? Is it England, is it India, or can Australia do it again? I really think Australia can do it again. I mean, of course, they have the the whole thing of nobody's, nobody's ever defended a T20 crown. Uh, it, it, uh, it's not been around for too long, but it feels like it's been around forever. Uh, and no team has um, really won on home soil either. Uh, but, you know, if you just look at this Australian side and the conditions we're going to play it in, it's still early season pitches. Uh, whether uh, we saw games in Hobart or Geelong, the pitches seem to have a little bit in them. Test match lens might be the way to go. Uh, and Australia have one of the best test attacks in the world playing in this T20 format, uh, right? If you have Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins, you give them any any kind of help on the pitch in Stark, uh, they're going to take some early wickets. Uh, and I've uh, said all along, this could be this could well be a bowler's tournament. We're seeing a lot of teams uh, defend scores. I think seven out of the 11 matches we've seen so far have been won by teams uh, batting first, uh, which kind of, you know, augurs well for Australia. And the inclusion of the likes of Tim David, you know, makes them really, really strong and the knowledge of home conditions um, England, yeah, I think England's only issue before this World Cup was their bowling. But just in those last few games, it looked like uh, they seem to have sorted that out. A big loss is Reese Topley. Uh, he looked uh, like he was on top of his game and another unfortunate injury for him. Uh, I, and then, you know, India, I think without Bumrah, they just seem to lack that bit of sting in the death overs. Death overs has been a big problem for them. Uh, but they're batting as well as they have in this format. So you can't kind of you know, look past India either. 
but I also watch out for a team like South Africa. I think South Africa and Pakistan, with the bowling attack that they have, um, if if you know they, uh, if it's a game under lights or uh, you know in, on a pitch which has something in it for them, they could easily roll over a side. So uh, I think th- that adds to the excitement of this particular World Cup. You really don't know who your favorites are, uh, but I personally think the the best bowling team of the World Cup will eventually end up with the crown. Well, great stuff, Bharat. Uh, excellent, as always, to get your insight. You're the net whisperer. You're the weather whisperer. You've got it all covered, uh, Bharat. <laughs> really appreciate your time, mate. Enjoy the World Cup. No worries at all, guys. And uh, I'm off to do my laundry. <laughs> Thanks, Bharat. He's got it all going on. He'll be up till all hours of the night uh, writing his stories as well. Great character and uh, knows and loves cricket, I think, just about more than anybody. Uh, I certainly know. Uh, it is Sports Day that you are listening to. When we come back, we will uh, check in with the Perth Glory ahead of their clash for the Central Coast Mariners. That is coming up next. But you're listening to Sports Day. Thanks to Kia, Australia's most wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, Cars of the Year. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. You're listening to Sports Day. Adam Papalia and Will Schofield with you through until 8 o'clock tonight. Great to have your company. And a massive preview of uh, the weekend continues. And the Perth Glory are in action on Sunday, heading across to Gosford to the delightful Central Coast Stadium. I'm not sure if they've still got the giant um, sauce bottles there at, uh, behind the goals. Uh, they come and go at certain times, but it is a lovely uh, spot to go to, Central Coast Stadium, if you've never been over there, uh, just a couple of hours north of Sydney. Jacob Muir is uh, one of the Young Glory stars, and he joins us on the line now. Jacob, great to have a chat to you. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, great to chat. It, it hasn't been the start to the season that the Perth Glory uh, would have wanted, um, but what's been the message uh, from Ruben Zadkovic this week? Um, I, I think it's just been stay focused, stay focused on the task. I mean, the performances um, have been getting better each week for us, and each week we're gelling more as a team. So we've got to stay focused and just got to keep aiming towards our goal. Really frustrating way to uh, finish up last weekend against the Jets. They're down to 10 men and uh, they get you on the counter-attack as you guys are just pressing towards the goal. Uh, how many times have you been forced as a, a team to watch that vision of uh, the last couple of minutes of that match? Uh, look, we've, got, we've gone through it in the, in the video review session. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a bad way to lose a game, but I think the, the positive side of it was that we were, we were trying really hard to win that game, you know, and we thought we could get something out of it and sort of a lapse of concentration um, cost us the game. And, you know, that's football one slip up and you can throw away um, a point or possibly even three points if we had to got a goal. So frustrating way, but we've definitely learned as a team from that moment. Jacob, you're a, you're a local boy. You're only young. You, f- you play the one game with the Perth Glory. You're, you're a defender. We like those. Well, I certainly like defenders. <laughs> um, that's where the smart ones go down there. Tell us a bit about yourself, mate. How's, uh, how's your journey been up into the Perth Glory ranks? Um, yeah, no, obviously uh, I joined Perth Glory probably five years ago. I think this is my fifth year into the club. But I played my junior ranks at um, Sorrento. I uh, played there for two or three years, I think, and then joined Glory and kind of worked my way up the ranks until I broke into the A-League side. Unreal, so, mate. Having come through Sorrento, Jamie Harnwell would have to be a bit of a mentor of yours then? Uh, yeah, I didn't actually get to play under Jamie, unfortunately, because I was only there up until under 18s when I made the move and he was the first team coach. But I trained one or two sessions with Jamie 
um, I thought he was a good coach. So always good to have um, those type of mentors around you. It's hard to start the season with a couple of losses. What's the what's the mentality around the group, Jacob? Is it still positive? You want to get on the front foot and and uh, kick things off with a win this week? Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the mentality around the group hasn't changed. We're always looking. We're always looking to win games. Always looking to move forward as a group. And you know, I think even from the round one performance compared to the round two performance, uh, you see such a big um, step up um, in terms of how the team play and how we defend. So we're just looking to keep improving on slight details, and the results will come. How's the team dealing with all the travel to start? Given you got such a stretch of away games. Yeah, look, I mean, a lot of us are used to it. A lot of us are, you know, we've been at Perth for a little bit now, so used to the travel, but it's just something we have to deal with. It's not the greatest, but it, it, we can't let it affect us mentally, and we don't. So um, once we get there, it's it's just game time, and our mentality is switched to the game as soon as we're there. As we're there. Central Coast Mariners this Sunday, mate. What are the, what are their strengths? Have you you been through the vision and prepared to take them on on Sunday? What, what, what have you got to stop to get the win over them? Yeah, for sure. They're a really hard-working, fast, physical team. You know, they've got a lot of pace up front, um, a lot of speeches at the back as well. But, you know, we've gone through our individual roles and gone through as a team how we can break them down. So individually, we just need to stick to the game plan, um, trust what Ruben's implemented, and hopefully we can get the result. David Williams out of the squad this week with illness? Yeah, yeah. he's He, he dropped out early this week, hasn't been feeling the greatest. So, you know, he won't be able to participate in the game but we've got other good players to come on and make an impact like Matt Hatch and Kolakowski so um, hopefully they can come off the bench and make an impact. How do you cement your side, spot on the side Jacob? What, what sort of defender are you? You're a physical defender? You're fast? You're skillful? What sort of player are you? Um, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of a ball player, um, ball playing centre back. Um, that's probably my biggest strength. You know, I see myself as one that can has a few passes in the locker, um, kind of stays calm under pressure. Um, but also, obviously, having Daryl and Beavers around me, um, helping me um, uh, helping me organise and defend is, is really helpful. So for me, I've just got to bring to the table what I'm good at week in, week out. Um, and if the coach picks me, he picks me. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. But only, I can only control what I can control. So just have to bring that each week. Daryl Latchman's been uh, around the glory for a little while now and always a consistent performer. What are you? Do you try and learn as much as you can off him? Yeah, definitely. Daryl's um, he's great to play alongside. You know, he's for me, he's just so calm and so composed. He obviously, when he was younger, came through the Ajax youth ranks. So on the ball, he's very, very good technically. So I like to learn off him off the ball. Um, but Beavers, on the other hand, you know, he's he's such a good defender and he reads the game extremely well and knows how to defend, so I learned a lot defensively from Beavers, so it's really good for me and really beneficial for me to have those two next to me. It certainly is. We'll be watching your career with interest. We'll be watching you uh, with interest, certainly on Sunday when you take on the Central Coast Mariners. Jacob, thanks so much for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. No problems at all. Great to have a chat to Jacob Muir there, one of the young stars in the Perth Glory defence, uh, and they do take on the Central Coast Mariners this weekend. Hopefully they can break through for their first uh, win of the season. Uh, Adam Papalia, Will Schofield with you right here on Sports Day. We'll come back, talk some MMA next. But Sports Day, thanks to Barbecues Galore. Go to iCanWin.com.au to win a Ziggy by Ziggler and Brown Barbecue this summer. 
Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage, drive car of the year. Well, thanks for your company on Sports Day. Adam Papalia, Will Schofield with you in time to talk a little bit of MMA now as we head around the world all the way to Kuala Lumpur because uh, that is where we find Ben Vickers, uh, who, of course, is uh, the eternal MMA promoter, but he's also... Uh, the trainer of Jack Della Maddalena, and uh, he returns to the UFC on November 19. It is not too far away. That will be heading all the way over uh, to Las Vegas, which will be a pretty amazing spectacle. Uh, but Ben joins us on the line now. Ben, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me again. Uh, first of all, uh, tell us why you are in Kuala Lumpur. I'm in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, we have a, one of my fighters, Daniel Williams, Mini T. He's a five-time Muay Thai world champion. Um, and he is fighting MMA now and won FC tomorrow morning at a really weird time. But um, uh, he's, he's on a bit, bit of a win streak on one and he's starting to make some waves on the international scene and put, he's ranked number five in Muay Thai and MMA for that, for that promotion. Um, hopefully world title aspiration in the not too distant future for him. He's, a, he's got a bit of a record here in Perth, doesn't he? A bit of a legend, knocks people out. Regularly. He is. Yes, he is a very, he's an all-action fighter, but we're actually trying to work on that and make, he's also very technical. So we're trying to get him to be more technical and, you know, give more damage and take less. Yeah, okay, okay. And what about Jack's fight coming up? So that'll be in the uh, Lewis v. Spivak uh, fight on November 19. Um, that'll be UFC fight night, his first fight yeah. in the UFC since UFC 275. It's exciting. Yeah, super exciting. I mean, uh, his manager, Tim Simpson, who is Conor McGregor's manager and, and the likes, said that he's never had as much trouble matching a fighter in his career as he has had matching Jack for this fight. So um, we've had more than 10 names turn Jack down, including Danny Roberts. Stood up to the plate and um, is keen to get in there with him. So it's been a bit of a rubbish few weeks. We're saying yes to everybody and getting no's in return. But finally, we got the good news just last week. So uh, we're stoked to be going back over to Vegas. We always have a really good time there. We train really. Good. You know, the results speak for themselves. Why is Jack a tough uh, fighter to match up with others? And what's what's the reason behind it, Ben? Have you watched him? <laughs> so people are scared of fighting him, is that right? He knocks people out. Right. Yeah, correct. Because you know if if you fight you're gonna get hurt. Like he's a boxer predominantly, although he's a well rounded mixed martial artist and a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and a, a cracking wrestler. Um he likes to knock people out with his hands and that hurts and a lot of people don't want to be knocked out. Um so there's easier fights out there. It's not like fighting someone who's going to blanket you for 15 minutes. Jack's going to hurt you, and I think a lot of people aren't up for that. It's it's an interesting part of UFC and MMA that you know fights are taken or not taken. It's it's sometimes not the vet best versus the best. It's it's people trying to find a a way to the top. Sometimes an easy way to the top. It's a different dynamic to to other sports. I've got a theory. If you know you're elite, you don't care who you fight because you back yourself to beat them all. Whereas there is a way. You know who you match up badly with. So if you're not fully confident in your ability, you can sort of cherry pick your way and try and dodge people to the top. Yeah. Um, but you're going to come unstuck when you get there because the person at the top has probably fought all the hard people already. So um, for me, it's a bit of a backwards, backwards logic. And 
You know, it's a big problem in Australian MMA as well in that people are trying to cherry-pick their way to the UFC. So they're avoiding certain opponents. And, but when they get there, they're not properly equipped to fight there. So uh, for me, if you're good enough, this is a crazy sport that is really painful and really hard work. So if you're not fully committed and think you can beat everybody, go and do something else. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy the sport. It's good to watch from my end. Um, UFC 284, um, exciting stuff for Perth's MMA community. Um, that's, of course, going to be here at RAC yeah. Arena. We spoke about that last week with you. Since then, Robert Whittaker has been announced as a co-headline for the event, which, again, is, is a really great thing for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And with Volk sort of going to be the, on the card as well, uh, Della's already earmarked for the card. Barring catastrophe, um, I'm sure we've got a bunch of other Aussies that, that need to run out as well. So it should be, hopefully it's Australia against the rest of the world. Yeah, it's great. It certainly is. Uh, ben, great to chat to you. Um, before we do let you go, uh, you're all the way over there in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, what's coming up uh, with uh, Eternal MMA? Yeah, so um, another Costa, uh, Rod Costa, is um, another one of my guys. He's, he's fighting for the Bantamweight uh, title, Australian title. Uh, next weekend at the HBS, uh, cage side tickets are sold out. We have a couple of VIPs left and, and some GA. Uh, we've got a stack card. We've got guys coming from New Zealand, um, and, and obviously all the local talent to, to square off against them too. It's never a bad night. Um, in fact, it's an afternoon, so you can start in the first fights at three and we should be done by eight. Oh. So we don't ruin your whole Saturday night for you. <laughs> well, so, um, great stuff. That sounds so like hopefully people hours, can, um, then. Uh, to be honest, uh, thanks so much. Um, we've a bit of a dodgy phone line there, so we will let you go. But uh, good luck tomorrow um, with Mini T fighting tomorrow uh, nice and early as well. Thanks for having me again. MMA chat there with Ben Vickers. We'll catch up with him over the next few weeks as well. Scoey, um, I know you're a big UFC man. It's a little bit, it's a little bit too brutal for my sensitive disposition. Yes. Um, I, 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 enjoy, I, I just don't. It's just it's so violent. Well, it, it, it is violent, but the, but it, when you understand the sport and you see the training and you see what's involved with it, it's 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 more tactical, it's more mental than you think. It's not two blokes in the ring with um, glass strapped between their knuckles, just smacking each other in the head. You know, there is <laughs> tactics behind it, especially when it's MMA, which is UFC, which is mixed martial arts. It's not just boxing. It's not just kicking. It's everything. There's wrestling. There's grappling. There's, um, you know, you can you can put people in positions where they have to tap out, out, out of the fight. So uh, there's a lot going on more than just punching back and forth. And that's why I, I really enjoy it. Like, I couldn't I couldn't punch my way out of a paper bag. But <laughs> I like watching it because it's, um, you know, highly skilled. I'm more WWE than MMA, <laughs> as most people uh, know if they've ever <laughs> listened. Uh, it is a sports day. Uh, thanks so much for your company. When we come back, really excited to chat to the West Coast Eagles next debutant. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Adam Papalia, Will Schofield with you. We've checked in uh, with Fremantle's AFLW team, but West Coast in action tomorrow as well at Mineral Resources Park. Uh, you and I will both be there, Scoey, and looking forward to uh, covering the action. West Coast being much improved this season, and it's always good in footy when uh, you see a, a new debutante for a club, and that is exactly what West Coast have tomorrow with Ashley Gomes making her debut for the Eagles, and she joins us on the line now. Ash, thanks so much for your time. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, tell us honestly, how are the excitement levels? Are you going to get any sleep tonight? Looking forward to your debut tomorrow. 
I bloody hope so. <laughs> 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 no, it's been it's been a pretty crazy 24, 48 hours, but bit of nerves, but a lot of excitement as well. Ash, how did you find out? Who told you? Um, and uh, what did you feel when you first found out you're playing your first game for West Coast? Uh, well, we had Rosie bring out my jumper to Hooks, and Mick got us in at the end of training, and Hooks just presented me with my playing jumper. So super stoked for it. Did you know it was happening? Did you did you, did you know it was a surprise? Nah, definitely a surprise. I think um, coming into the program so late, I came in basically the week around one, so I was always a bit on the back foot and just kept training really hard. So when the opportunity came, I was absolutely shocked. You're going to be the 13th debutant for West Coast this season. The list has undergone a, a lot of change since last year. Uh, and as I said off the top, the, the improvement in the, the side this year has been so much more competitive, which has been great to see. For you, though, um, as you said, coming in uh, at, at round one, obviously been trying to, to, to crack it at this level for a little while. What does this mean to you? And, and what's the journey been like to go from now Waffle W to, to make it in the AFLW? Yeah, it's been nuts. I think there's definitely people talk about that step up and I guess you don't really understand it until you're in that situation. And, um, you know, I have the most utmost respect for East Romantle and I was pretty fortunate to be a train on with the Frio Dockers before Eagles gave me the opportunity to come and join them. So it's been really great to be a part of such a young and diverse group. So they've been super welcoming. Ash, tell us and our listeners, what sort of player are you? Um, I like to think myself as a pretty composed uh, midfielder. I think I might be running through a bit of the forward line, so that's going to be super exciting. Hopefully, kick some goals in front of home crowd. Does Hamish Brayshaw look after the midfield down there? How's he been as a coach? Yeah, no, Hammer's great. Um, He's been super influential to me, and I know I can go to him for pretty much anything, whether it's footy-related or personal Issues or whatnot going on, so he's an absolute legend and super fortunate to have him as my mid-coach. I know you're coming in as a, a debutante, but it is a, a little bit different, I guess, for you, given how much footy you've played at Waffle W level, of course, captaining East Fremantle too. So um, you come in as a, a fresh face to AFLW, but you'll still bring plenty of, of leadership and experience out there in, in other aspects. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like to think of myself as a pretty natural leader, and I've been in that non-playing group for the past eight weeks and, you know, you're with a lot of young girls and if I was drafted, I would have been the oldest one in that draft group. So a lot of the girls I like to take under my wing and try and just help them out the best I can. Got the Bulldogs this weekend. What are you expecting from them as a team? And and, and probably more importantly, what are, what are you girls focusing on for um, a big game for the club? Yeah, we know that they're pretty tough and play a competitive brand of footy, so it will definitely be a tough challenge for us. But I think that's what makes it even more exciting is knowing how much of a challenge it's going to be. And, you know, with such a young group and the young girls coming through, like Ella Roberts, Courtney Rowley and Charlie Thomas, I think definitely going to be a great contest. Uh, it will be, and uh, Mineral Resources Park uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock or 2.10 uh, will be bounced down in that one. Um Ashley, uh, Michaela Weston, it was such a nasty injury last week. I think everyone was a, a little horrified to see um, her with her arm injury. Um, how is she? Has she been around the club? And uh, could you believe um, how calm she was out on the ground after such a nasty injury? Yeah, 
we actually joke about it because she was still trying to direct everyone on field. But I think it was more of her being in shock. But yeah. she's doing really, really well. I mean, I checked in on her after surgery and she's in good spirits and she'll start her rehab super soon. And, you know, us as a playing group and support staff will get around her as much as we can. Have you got lots of family coming down for the first game, Ash? Yeah, plenty. I think being wog, you sort of pop everyone <laughs> left, left, right and centre coming down and loads of friends and family and a couple of the East Fremantle girls and boys are going to be coming down. So that's that's incredible to have them there. Do you have siblings, Ash? Any brothers, sisters? Yeah, yeah. I have my brother. He's probably one of the main reasons why I play footy, but unfortunately he's going to be in Melbourne. So... I think he's going to have some of the boys chuck on the TV and he said he'll be cheering from across the country. What's his name? Jaden. All right, we might have to... We'll, you're speaking to the right couple of folks. <laughs> we're, we're the ones calling it on Foxwood. We might have to give him a shout-out. <laughs> we'll have to try and give him a shout-out <laughs> Give him a shout-out, give him a shout-out. Uh, why, why was he such a big influence on you? Um, I think just growing up, we've always been really, really close and he's probably been my biggest rock and support system, especially through footy when I probably doubted myself the most. And if anything, I sort of based my footy off what he was able to do and I always joke around to him. He was a unsuccessful co-captain to Paddy Cripps down at East Randall, so I always remind him of that. <laughs> That's uh, very, very good. Uh, well, Ashley, it's great to have a chat to you and um, uh, find out a little bit more about you, but we're really excited to see you make your debut tomorrow. So uh, go out there and enjoy it. No worries. Thanks, guys. And, Scoey, I love the podcast. Hey, <laughs> yeah, we're talking. <laughs> Don't inflate him anymore. If she yeah, wasn't my favourite player, <laughs> she bloody now is, perhaps. Yeah, good. good luck, Ash. Uh, Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Back chat. Ashley, oh, if it's not you bringing it up, it's now people we're interviewing oh, bringing up back chat. I think you know you've made it when athletes are starting <laughs> to bring it up, perhaps. I'm pretty bloody happy about that, if I'm, oh, if I'm honest. Back chat. It's normally a dollar in the jar when you mention it. I don't even know what type of fine that is when somebody oh, else couldn't comes be in. Out, to be honest. Couldn't be <laughs> Might happier. be a six-pack coming my way for that. Uh, <laughs> I'll sort Gomes, out later. Yeah, yeah, you will too. <laughs> Ashley goes there. Uh, we'll wish her all the best in her uh, making her debut tomorrow uh, for the West Coast Eagles uh, taking on the Western Bulldogs Mineral Resources Park at uh, 2 o'clock tomorrow. Of course, uh, don't forget, get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Head to tickertech.com.au. Now they've got a big clash against the Jack Jumpers this weekend. Uh, that's all from us. Scoey, um, been great to be opposite you in the chair. Carl and Skeet will be back soon. Uh, Russell Collette and the Night Shift is next. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.